Francis Catholic Chat. This is Julia. And this is Father Casey. And today, Julia and I are both allergic messes. I've been allergic for like three months, though. Okay, well, I've been allergic for a day, about. It's terrible. And I'm so nervous that everyone is going to think that I have corona. I've stopped, I've taught myself over this course of time to not sneeze. Um... Because I don't want to sneeze into my mask. It's I don't gross. think that's healthy. Uh, sneezing into a mask is probably not healthy, but not sneezing is probably also not healthy. I just stop myself and I'm like, don't sneeze. And then I, I don't sneeze. And then I go to a bathroom and I either sneeze. Isn't it sneezing an involuntary thing? Oh, it's totally involuntary. But so I've just, how do I'm you stop yourself from doing something sometimes involuntary? Sometimes I, ha- I, like, I can't. <laughs> but like... I it's it's I've been really good at it. So if you Having are if you math. are a faithful listener to the podcast, you should try to hear how many times Julia or I sniffle into the microphone. We'll try not to sniffle. I'm not going to sniffle until I'm going to I'm going to go back if I sniffle. I I may not be able to help it. I don't even know. I I'm I'm pretty aware of it because I think everyone thinks I'm sick. But yeah. Oh yeah, I had to make the announcement at mass today about my allergies. I so was surprised you I did actually. Yeah. No. I I was planning on doing it before it hit. But last week it hit at the end of September. Your allergies? Yeah, really bad. I get a, like a bad week. I I have year-round allergies. Yeah, I like I'm allergic to like cats and stuff. I'm allergic to dust. I think I'm allergic to dust too. Most people are allergic to dust and everything else. But um, I know my friend when this whole thing was happening, like when the coronavirus first, like the outbreak and all, she came over to my house, and I didn't. I wasn't like really like okay with it yet but like she kind of was just like oh i have to drop something your birthday gift off this was in march so yeah and she was like oh don't worry i just have allergies and then she ended up having a fever the next day and i was so upset i was like oh my gosh that wasn't allergies like you can't just like you can't you just have do to that be careful. she only had the flu thankfully oh yeah only the um, only the flu it's, it wasn't coronavirus <laughs> Um, it was much better than coronavirus, but uh, it was still the flu. Uh, the flu may kill more people than corona. No, I don't think it does. I don't know what the statistics are anymore. I don't know I the forget. numbers. Whatever. Um, me and my friend were trying to look this up back back in April, I think. We were trying to figure out which one's more. But I don't remember anymore, and I don't know what I guess the difference is, is. Well, the flu kills more people over a longer period of time, whereas I think this particular strain of the coronavirus, COVID-19, kills more people in and of itself. I don't know. By itself. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. You're a scientist. They're changing statistics on CDC, I think. Right, they are. There was something about so a comorbidity. But um, but you're the scientist. I'm just the philosopher theologian. Scientists in training. We're not there yet. Speaking of philosopher theologians, our podcast has some serious competition. And apparently it has, but I just got back on Twitter. I, I've been off Twitter and uh, Instagram for a while. Right, right, right. I intermittently get on and off to just prove how futile it is and how useless it all is. That's I, a good idea. To I not. check a little bit of Facebook. Um, I really Facebook is the one that I dislike of all of them. Um, I got on Insta for about a day or less, just w- I think an evening, and because uh, people wouldn't send me messages apparently, so get on, check the messages, and get off. On Facebook. On Insta. Oh, on Insta. Um, but bad. I got back on Twitter, and um, I think you know Twitter. I get the majority of my news and updates and stuff I actually want to know about from Twitter. That's uh, probably because you follow good. Good things. Well, yeah. Uh, Do you I follow like news? Well, or I like tried to follow some news, but there's just so much that there. Mm. It's like it just you know it clogs your feed. So, but Bishop Richard Umbers, uh, auxiliary bishop of Sydney, Australia, started a podcast in late June, which is probably about the time I got off Twitter. Right as we were coming back to mass, I think I got off Twitter. 
And um, he uh, started a podcast in late June called The Episcopal Podcast. If you, you can look it up, it's co- just called The Episcopal Podcast. I listened to the first episode today. It is so good. Is it really? It is really good. Bishop Umbers is very funny, and he's very smart. And he is very... Um, I didn't realize he was a real person because his Twitter handle was Bishop Down Umbers, or his Twitter handle was Bishop Umbers, but his Twitter name was Bishop Down Umbers because he's in Australia. So, you know, Down Under, Down oh. Umbers. And I'm like, there's no way this person's a real bishop. Like, this is just some fake Catholic you thought they were trolling? satire. I thought it was a troll. Like, Susan from the Parish Council is a troll. That's a, that's a Twitter. Um, that's an actual troll. It's a Twitter account, and basically it just is um, makes fun of kind of this overly churchy, um, very left-wing bureaucracy thing called Susan from the Parish Council, right? And so that's a troll. Um, and I thought Bishop Umbers was too, because he says things like, I wouldn't expect a bishop to say that on Twitter. And he can't be real. But in a Sydney bishop with a down Umbers, like, I bet. And sure enough... He is the auxiliary bishop of Sydney, Australia. And, and he made a podcast. He is podcasting fortnightly, they say down there, which means every two weeks. So we have... Fortnightly. We that are producing me of Fortnite. Yeah, that's a video game. But mm-hmm. um, Fortnite is actually a two-week That's where span. Flossing came from, that dance. Really? Was from Fortnite. Fun fact. Cool. I didn't know that. Did you play Fortnite? Were you a no. Fortniter? <laughs> no. My brother was and like all the high school kids that were guys played Fortnite and talked about Fortnite all the time. We taught our science teacher in my senior year how to floss. How'd that go? It was so funny. She 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 took it well. She 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 really embraced it. Um so she was so sweet. She was a very, very sweet lady. Um it was really funny though. But that's when Fortnite was at its peak. But anyway, they podcast fortnightly. Yeah, that means every two weeks. Every other week we would say here in America. Um and don't we say bi weekly? Uh Bi-weekly, I think we say that too. Yep. I can never understand if bi-weekly is every two weeks or twice a week. It's every other week. Okay, so we say you, bi-weekly. Because you get checks bi-weekly. Oh, yeah. Okay, bi-weekly pay period. Yep, yeah, there yeah, you yeah. go. So um, anyway, but they do, and it's very good, and he's been doing this apparently since June, but I just discovered it. But it's competition, and it's great. You should go listen uh, to Bishop Does he Bumpers. know we exist? Oh, he does. No clue we exist. <laughs> How is it c- But if you go listen to him... It's probably more entertaining than us, and probably not. Probably not more entertaining, but definitely more educational. So I just listened to the one about why we should care about theology, what is theology, and why should we care. And um, it's very good. And they talked about theology and good theologians. And it um he's very he's very clever. He's big into memes, and um he's relatable. He's very relatable. He's very hip, and he's super smart. Super important to be relatable and smart. So anyway, go listen to Bishop Umber's podcast, the Episcopal Podcast, and uh, but keep listening to us because we're cool too. Because we're cool too. That should be a motto. What's our SFC chat? Because we're cool too. Because we're cool too. Wouldn't that be funny? Make it into I, a Hey, I'm, I'm fine with it being our motto because we're cool too. Because we're cool too. <laughs> I mean, how would you say it in an actual conversation? Because we're cool too. I guess so. Why should you listen to us? Because we're cool too. Why should you listen to us? <laughs> oh, oh, what did you say the other day? You said it like something two days ago that I, oh, my brain it was could not. So Vatican two, two, right? Like, because we were doing the Vatican two document class and I asked something about Vatican. I don't know why I phrased what I was asking, but I remember the, fr- at the end of the phrase was something, something about Vatican 
to comma T O O comma right question mark. That's what I said. Did up. you say question mark? No, I said that just like so that. Back to two, two, right? Two, two, right? <laughs> that's, what I, that's how I said. And my it. brain couldn't put the syllables that you said together into words, and so I had no idea what you were actually talking about. I think it was an exhausting day that day. I was tired that day. Was that Saturday or Sunday? It was the end of the week. No. It wasn't Vatican II day because we were sitting in the fireplace room. Cause I w- it was Saturday because I was finishing Poirot. Murder of Roger Ackroyd. Can't wait to talk when about that one. We'll that? have a spoiler discussion of the murder of Roger Ackroyd the when you finish it. Murder of Roger Ackroyd. I'm going to send it to one of my friends who's also in the class. Spoilers. Guess who did it? I don't know. I don't want to know yet. Please. I'm like only in chapter three. I have to read this book for class. By when? And by, by, by I should I should finish it probably by Wednesday next week. All right. Because I have to read the lecture and take well, the quiz on Thursday. If you need to know who did it, you just let me know. I need to, I need to know what happens in the book. <laughs> yeah, well, it's pretty interesting. I'm sure. I'm sure. I think it'll be good. It's really good. Agatha Christie's a great writer. I'm sure she is. I This is the first book I've ever read by her. So, Julia, you mentioned um, that we uh, are Vatican II class. So why don't we talk a little bit about um, some of the different intellectual formation things we're trying to do here at the Catholic Center and a little bit about why we think that that's important. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, what we started up this semester was really the Vatican II documents class. And um, right now we're finding that helpful. Yes. Oh, it is so helpful. You don't have, pretend I'm not listening. Like if this was just you and Sheila talking and <laughs> my ego. What, so what is Vatican II and why is it important to read the documents? Okay. Oh, this is like a quiz without it no, being a yeah, quiz. You could, you could get it wrong and I'll just correct you. Awesome. Just like Oprah, Omnia. It's going to be like those days. Um, but anyway, so the Vatican II is a council that happened um, in, in the, the 1960s. 1960s. Yep, yeah, in the 60s. Ecumenical council. Um, and I know that means it's an important council because there's like only been 20. 21. 21. Vatican including? Two, Vatican II is the 21st. So there were Got 20 it. up before then. Yep. Yeah. So I, there was only 20 and like, so it's super important. There's only out of like the 2000 years there's been a church, 20 yeah. councils only. Yeah. And it, uh, it's all the bishops of the church coming together and Vatican II pretty much like most probably defined how we experience the reality of the church of Christ today. Um, it's monumental. And so, um, so what are we doing on Friday nights? Uh, we're learning. So we're reading partial, like the chapters of like Lumen Gentium right now. And we're going to get through the, uh, the, it's like the constitution. It's the constitutions, right? Which are the four major documents. So, uh, we're starting with Lumen Gentium, which is what? The light of the nations. The nations. But what is the, what's the document? <laughs> what's the document on? Uh, the mystery of the church. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's just because I looked. At, I rem- I can see the front cover. That's how I remember that. Okay, well, that's actually chapter one is called the Mystery of the Church, but Lumen Gentium oh. is about the church, right? Well, it's why? Okay, that's it's about cool. It's about the church. Because they name it after the first sentence. Uh, I don't know, something like that. Right. Uh, papal documents and official church documents are always named after the first words of the document. So the first words of Lumen Gentium are Lumen Gentium. I know there was something that you mentioned um, in one of the first classes was when we were talking about how the council was kind of like the church, like opening the windows and um, right when they opened the windows to get like air into the church and like to like have like people understand it, accept it, the kind of go with like 
not the times. That's not what I want to say. No, um, but to, to kind of, we guys got to open up the, uh, look, our windows in this room are shut right now and it's really stuffy and warm. <laughs> and so, you know, you just have to open the windows, but at the same time, it's like a poison bomb went off outside. Culturally. Yeah. And so, like, it was just a bad timing of what happened. And so then a lot. All by God's providence, though. It is all by God's yeah. providence. It's not, you know, the, the Vatican Council happening when it happened is a very providential thing in the life of the church, even with all, a lot of the, um, chaos that's happened over the last 50 60 years and misinterpretation so you as a as a 20 year old college student uh, you and even me as a 30 something year old priest um uh, this has shaped like we don't have any living experience of the church pre-vatican II. um so it's pretty much shaped our whole thing so how how is like going and reading the documents so far kind of um well, I don't know. What's that been like? I mean, I think it just makes more sense of like, oh, that is where this comes from. Or not that's where this comes from because it all comes from like tradition and gospel. And we kind of know that. But um, it's just like it's like clearly written in words somewhere. And like, oh, I'm like, oh, I would know this, but I don't actually know it. It's kind of like I live it and I see it. I just couldn't put it into words. And the documents are putting it into words for me, even though this is what I've lived in the church for like since I was a child. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's cool to like go and to study it and to know it, right? We have to know our faith. We have to know um, the the life of the church. We have to know the church teachings. And I know sometimes there's like prayers that will say like there's um, no salvation outside the church. And how do you explain that to someone who's coming into like Catholicism, right? And they're like, what do you mean there's no salvation outside of the church? And like pointing back to like these documents is actually like really helpful to understand, okay, this is what this means, and like, right, right, the reality of the mystical body and the visible church, and that you got to be part of the m- the church of Jesus Christ, right? And so, no salvation outside the church doesn't mean if you're not a member of the visible church that all people who are non-members of the visible church go to hell. But what it means is that all those who are saved are saved through the church, right? Whether they're visibly part of it or not. Right, and I, I it was it's also been very interesting learning about the two different views of reading, the um, the documents, which uh I don't remember the name of it. It's like so there's a hermeneutic of uh, discontinuity or rupture, mm-hmm. and then a hermeneutic of continuity or reform. And so like re um learning about those and like how, this is also what how we implemented the Vatican II councils and like what like the spirit of Vatican Council two uh, two is and how that actually isn't um what the the Vatican II councils wanted. Right, exactly. That that this hermeneutic of rupture, which is just like we changed the church in the nineteen sixties and we broke something we broke away from our tradition, right? And we changed something. And therefore anything pre Vatican II is bad. Um or d- we don't live in that church anymore, right? That's not that's not the case at all. It's the one church of Jesus Christ. But to actually read the documents see like you wanna uh, Vatican II is renewal within the tradition, right? So it's not it's it's renewal. There is a real change and a reform happening, but it's a it's a continuity. It's it's um it is uh, if you wash your clothing, it doesn't become like oh I I I have bought new clothes, <laughs> right? Like no no no, but you gotta you gotta clean it up every now and again, and you gotta you gotta help it um you, you gotta help bring out bring the life back and the color back, right? And so that's um. So Vatican II was seeking to do it. And so, but, so we want to see it as renewal within the tradition. 
Yeah, and it, that's been really cool when you're reading these documents um, to know how this has changed like the course of the last 50, 60 years. Um, I know we read the the first class. Uh, I don't think we read anything Vatican II. We just read the opening letter or the opening speech, and then we also read the uh, 20, 40 years later? Uh, yeah, um, Pope Benedict uh, gave an address to the Roman Curia in 2007, right after he was elected. Uh, 2005, I'm sorry, 2005. Um, in And it's the 40th anniversary of the closing of the council. And uh, it was nice to see, like, the difference of, like, this is what we wanted coming in. It was Pope John the 23rd, right, and giving yep. the opening speech. Um, and him talking about, like, what the point of Vatican II Council was. And then Pope Benedict's comparison of what happened over the last 40 years so far and how this is different from what po- Pope John the 23rd desired for the councils. For the council, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and... This is so important, right? You are a university student, and so to to study these things on top of your chemistry classes and math classes and whatever else you got going on, to study like the life of the church, right? To to apply your um, you 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 are applying your mind to some very complex and challenging things um, through through math and science and all that. And there's no reason why it's like, well, you know what you need? You need a you need a coloring book for religion. Let's give you this dumbed-down version of the faith, right? That's that's not... You're intelligent. You can handle And the other people that are part of this uh, reading group can handle, like, the real thing. And I think it's really cool to also know that this is, like, what the church is, to learn, like, more about the church itself. Because I, I am studying chemistry. I'm studying my major. But, like, what do I know about the Catholicism? Yeah, I looked at the homework that you were doing the other day with these problems. It's like, oh, I don't... I, I have no clue. This is all... But I, I think I, I think can't even I can't even say it's all Greek to me because I know Greek. <laughs> right? I have no idea what you're doing. I think I do think that people can learn chemistry just in in the same way people can learn like Catholicism. I think. Well, I also think chemistry is not. I enjoy it, so maybe that's why I have that um, mindset with it. But I mean, if I'm learning this in this type of like, it's very it's a rigorous class. Those classes that I'm I'm taking three. I'm taking biochem physical chemistry and one other one that I don't remember which doesn't matter but if I'm like I'm sure it matters you just don't remember well it ma- it, yeah it matters <laughs> it just it just doesn't matter to this conversation um it's it's really nice to pair it with something that is also a big part of my life or well like it's like what my life is centered around yeah absolutely and so you got to um you got to approach these things you gotta do it with intellectual rigor right you gotta your brain's a muscle and so you gotta you gotta work the muscle of your brain um upon these these different things it's totally another class that i'm taking it's like a it's like a fifth class i'm in wait till the exam oh i didn't know that there was an exam oh there'll be an exam what kind of ex- no i'm joking so we're learning about the church right now do you know what the other constitutions are about those are the decrees? No, no, the other three constitutions that we're going to study. Oh, 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 I see what you're saying. Um, I know one's Gaudium et spes. Which stands for what? Joy. And? And um, <laughs> spes? I have no clue. Hope. Oh, 
Sancta Maria. Spes I wouldn't have Nostra, guessed. Holy Mary, our hope. Spes. Et Spes Nostra Salve. Joy and hope. hope, then. Gaudium et Spes. Which is about the church in the modern world. Is that the second? That's going to be the last one that we're going to read. That's no, the last that one. That was I think next we're reading Dei Verbum, which is about revelation, the word of God, right? Dei Verbum. Right. Um, the word of God. And so that's about revelation. I think we're only doing one night on that. And then Sacra Sanctum Concilium. How long is that? Oh, it's short. It's like 10 pages, 12 pages, oh. 15 pages. And I'm supposed to read 10, 15 pages in one week? Yeah. Okay. It's fine. It's just a... Um, I haven't read this week's... Uh, oh, it's about the hierarchy. You got to read it. I know. I, I have, I'm planning to today. It's pretty but intense. But I just haven't gotten to it yet. Oh well. I'm sure Bishop Umbers has read it. Go listen to his podcast. <laughs> he gets yeah. like, it's like I'm the sure he knows what's going Spark on. Notes version of <laughs> Vatican II documents. Yeah. So, um, and then um, then the other one is uh, Sacro Sanctum Concilium, which is about the liturgy. Oh, that one's exciting. That'll be interesting. That's really cool. Um, yeah, I'm, ex- I'm excited for these classes, but uh, it's, a l- it's a lot to also add on to like a, a regular college student schedule. It's it's really another it's really another class. But it's so worth it. Oh, for sure. 100%. Yeah. I will take this as a class. I just have to have it as a mindset of class or Too I won't bad. do it. Too bad you can't get credit for it. Oh, uh, that'd be cool. God will give me credit. <laughs> God will give me credit. <laughs> nice. Here we go. So, yeah. So, intellectual formation uh, here at the Catholic Center. I think it, it's important. It's part of the life of a university student, and it should be um, this growth in love of the church. So, we're offering, you know, we're going to do this this semester. We're probably going to do papal documents. The next I'm excited for the papal documents. papal documents. And so we read something from all the different popes of the last uh, 30, 40, 50 years. Uh, do you know how many off the top of your head there has been? Popes? Not popes. Uh, documents? Papal documents. Oh, there's been a ton. Yeah, and the pope's going to sign this a is new why one I need this in class. October. Yeah, we're not going to read them all. Oh, that's we're too gonna bad. Read, like, samplings. Samplings? Yeah, like have you ever gotten a sampler platter when you go to a restaurant for like appetizers? I mean, they give bread out. Like a free sample, and you go to Costco, and you just get the free samples. Oh, and I then you love don't have to, yeah. the Costco yeah, samples. Yeah, that's, that's what we're doing. That's what the yeah. papal documents are. Are we going to go through one full one? Oh, we're going to go through, like, five full ones. Okay. So we won't get, like... You're not going to get all of them, but you're going to get, like, a handful of big ones. Okay, that's good. That's good. Cool. Well, this is exciting. So I'm glad that you're enjoying it, and maybe um, we can uh, talk about these different topics that come up. As uh, as we read through them, and it could be a little bit of a quiz show, a quiz show, or what's that trivia? Trivia, um, trivia with Vatican II documents. Yeah, St. Francis Catholic trivia. We'll get you and Shilan together, and I'll ask you guys questions, and you can buzz in whoever goes faster. We need to we buy a totally buzzer. We totally steal that from Catholic stuff. You should know they do a quiz show. Go listen to the Catholic. Do they really do yeah. a quiz show? Yeah, they had a quiz show a few times. It was a bit embarrassing. Oh, how is it embarrassing? When you know the answers and the people on there don't, and they're telling you the Catholic stuff you should know, it sometimes gets embarrassing. But those guys are like have the best Catholic podcast on the internet. So. They have a great Catholic podcast. I think it's probably the most popular. Well, if you were to look up Catholic on like any podcast thing, they come up. Do they come up first? I think so. I think they come up first. Probably they're 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 the best with their orange mic little. Right. Logo. Yeah. Go listen to Catholic stuff you should know. Go listen to Bishop Umbers. And then when you get really bored, you can listen, listen to come us. Listen to us. Because we, what do we, we know stuff too? Is that Because we're cool too. Because we're cool too. <laughs> come listen to us because we're cool too. So great. Well, from the cool kids here at St. Francis, uh, this is Father Casey. And this is Julia. God bless. <laughs>